Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is prayer and story time. Welcome to the Ark of the Covenant Ministry prayer and story time where we get an opportunity to present the man Christ Jesus where some will receive him as Lord and Savior. Others will receive strength, hope. Others will receive direction and guidance. Some today will hear testimonies, stories, some laughter, maybe a song. My name is Reverend Hill. I'm here today with my anointed, Holy Ghost feel, beautiful, precious wife, Mrs. Hill, where she has a message from above. And I want you to situate yourselves, open your heart and your minds, and be prepared to receive what God has for you and I today. So without any further ado, I would like to present and for all of us what thus saith the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of our faithful friends and listeners. And we just want to welcome, welcome, welcome all of our newcomers and listeners today. And welcome to our God Covenant Ministries with my husband, husband, Reverend Derek Hill. And we are so very glad and happy and overjoyed in our hearts to have you all here today. Whether you're listening, whether you're watching and looking in, people all over the world, just thank you so much and God bless you all for taking out the time in your mornings and your days when you sit down and watch if you can't catch us in the morning. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. It made a good Lord bless you. As you all may know, we are continuing our series on real life stories. Life has many storms and storms come in any forms. <clears throat> they come in abortions and divorces and accidents, loneliness, pornography, drugs, violence, sicknesses, fears, abuse, joblessness, alcoholism, depression, and death, rape, and trafficking. Well, we know this morning, sisters and brothers in Christ, that none of these things come from up above from our Heavenly Father. We know that they only come from Satan and his evil angels. And that's why it's always so important for us to pray for one another. These are real-life stories. These are true testimonies. None of these testimonies and real-life stories, unless we are asked a question and we answer it, are from my husband and none of them of none of our own but these are people that have taken the time out to ask god what to do and they decided that they would like to share their testimonies with us some of them have been delivered from things that were just so oh, horrible and awful and a lot of them are coming to ask for deliverance from strongholds in our lives and occultic things that come from only satan we know that none of it is from god so 
That's what the Ark of the Covenant ministry is all about, is to laugh together, pray together, talk together. If there's any more to try to help you, be overjoyed, even though we know that the Lord Jesus Christ himself comforts us. So what we want you all to do is to sit back and we want you all to relax. And we want you all to join us in prayer for all over the world for these evil strongholds and things like that to be broken off out of our families and off our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Father, we need a revival. We need a change within our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask you right now, Father God, if there's anything that's not like you in us, Lord, to take it away. Lord, we ask you to instill and put your love, your agape, your magical love, Father God, in us, Lord. Lord, we want to be like you, Father God. Help us to walk circumspectly in your way, Father God. And help us to be a light of the world, Father God. Help us to tell people about you, Father, so that they can understand. Lord, help us to tell people about salvation, Lord, by leading people to you, Lord, and telling them about you, Lord, asking them to trust you, Lord Jesus. Help us all in our hearts, Lord, creating us a pure and a clean heart, Lord. Help us to understand one another, Father God, so that if we can understand who our true leaders of the churches are, who are, excuse me, who your angels are that you have put in leadership over the churches, Father God, to lead us, Lord. God, we know that your will cannot be done in our lives, Lord, unless we listen, unless we read your word and we study your word, Lord, God, together. And unless we are willing and having the willingness in our heart to grow, Father God, and, God, we all know without you we are nothing, Father God. So, God, we just ask that you would open the minds of everyone all over the world this morning, Father, that is listening. And we pray that you would give them a clear understanding of the messages and the questions and answers, Father God, and the testimonies. And from the best of my husband and myself, our ability to answer according to your word, Lord. And if we answer questions according to your word, and Lord, then we know we can't go wrong. So, God, we are asking all these prayers in your son Jesus' name. And, God, I pray this morning, my husband and I, that there are many that will be saved today. We're praying that there are some that never accepted you as their Lord and saved, that they will become a child of God by the time this service is over, Father God. Father God, we just ask that they will call on you. They will call upon your name, Lord. We pray that they would drop down and surrender their lives to you today, Father knowing that without you we are nothing, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I just received some testimonies from a friend, um, uh, Sister Emma. She said it was important that I would read this, so we're going to read this testimony. Um, get it open. Okay. It says, good morning, and God bless to you, Reverend Hill, and your wife, Monico. I am a true listener. I have been following you for a long, long time. And I just want you to know that this is, the, this is, and the questions that I have to ask and my opinions that I need to give is from my heart this morning. Reverend Hill, first of all, 
I watch you every day faithfully, and I have done so, like I said, for a long time. So, of course, you know, I followed along, and I looked at your Sunday sermon from yesterday. Me and some friends and I. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the guy named Reginald that you wanted to call you, he's okay. He is safe, and I have given him somewhere to stay. He's eating. He's very well cared after. And I'm going to help him with everything I could in my power and in my heart that I could do to help him. He seems like he's a very loving fella, and I know he is, which he did find God. Like he said, he was just getting out of the penitentiary from being incarcerated. And I explained some things from him in the Bible that we all fall short. Oh, the glory of God, we all do wrong. I've done wrong. He's done wrong. And you've done wrong. We're all alike in some kind of way. And once we surrender our lives to God, our lives can change. Still, we're not perfect until heaven, but our lives will change. And so I will be working with this young man. And... I don't know, and I can't make him no promises that I know where this brother is that he is looking for. But I'm almost sure probably that you really can't either. I want you to concentrate more on taking care of your family than trying to help him. You can continue to pray if it's from your heart, which I don't think that it which I don't think that it is. I don't know you personally, but I do know you. I do know your wife personally and as a person. And I do know that she's a well-rounded, respectable Christian woman that deserves more than what she has now and deserves more than what's always occurring in her life, which is something that I believe she has chosen but sometimes we all just need prayer, and she just needs to be prayed through some guidance and ask God to guide her and strengthen her through life. And that's what I have been doing, and open up her eyes from the blindness that she has on her because she really, I think, made poor choices in her husband so far. And I've known... All three, I just never met you before face to face, but I have met the other two. I want you to know that I did, like I said, listen at your sermon from yesterday, Reverend Hill, and I do believe that you were addressing A, number one, her sister B. You addressed the woman that replied in regards to you on Saturday about what her sister had said. And I listened at the entire thing because I'm a listener every day. And I do believe that you misconstrued the whole conversation that her sister gave and that the other woman gave. They're not talking about who the head of the household is. You took it out of context, I believe. Who the head of the household is and how the family is formed and what the man like and what the man does not like. I myself am a man myself, 
and I'm not married. I'm praying that God will send me a wife. But if I had a wife and children, of course, I'm going to be the head of my house, which I believe every man would like to be. But I believe what the ladies were saying, in some way you can get so involved with yourself and out of touch with God that you try to change the true meaning of things biblically. No woman, because I have female cousins, I'm an only child and I have no sisters or brothers, but when I grew up, I did grow up around cousins that are females, and I also had female friends. And I do believe that we all grew up together and they had kids, and they also had husbands that were victimized with the way that you believe. There's no one man in the world that could take a woman or her children. Wait a minute, y'all, because he got light. I don't know if I'm even... Uh, 99 pages, read on. There's no way that no man should be able to take a woman or her kids, and especially the woman, and decide for a grown woman who she should talk to, who she shouldn't, or demand in his household that he doesn't want to see her children or her family members. And I believe the walk, talk thing that the sister and the lady was talking about is, if you're going to talk to talk, then walk to walk is, is the man or are you yourself? Because I believe you took it personal. Willing to do the same thing. I know you, but like I said, I don't know you personal. Are you willing to stop talking to your family members? Are you willing to push everything aside in your life, friends, families, and folks that ain't no good, dope heads, hoes? Are you willing to just cut that off completely from people that smoke dope, cuss, whoremongering men, whorish so-called sisters and brothers? Are you willing to do those things? Or are you willing to still have a relationship? Letting them come to your house and still having a telephone or any type of relationship with them or just behind by is totally different from taking a woman the way I've seen your woman taken advantage of with our very first husband. It's totally a whole different thing not to think that these people are ever supposed to be able to communicate regardless of whether her family members, members are saved or unsafe. Isn't that your job? Better still, isn't that our job as a man of God is to put families together, tell people about Christ, teach them about the love that Christ had, not to take a family and lock our families up like they're animals and not want to ever socialize with nobody else because you yourself, I'm sure, it's going to make a way where you can communicate because I know your wife. And your wife is not a computer worker. Your wife is not a big telephone talker. She's not even a street woman. But I did some research on you. You ain't never had nothing but a jail record, a case. That's what I mean. You ain't never had nothing but that. And now your wife is living with you like a welfare recipient. I heard that you're supposed to be through the grapevine coming home soon. 
how many bills at your wife's house do you pay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bought her a game like she a kid. Is that what you paying for? I heard that your wife's rent is a thousand and some odd dollars, and the NIPSCO bill sometimes meet that. How much of that are you paying? Are you paying for that? How much of that will you be paying? Are you going to pay for that, or are you going to do like a friend that I know? Well, not really a friend, somebody closer than a friend. Then a friend that told me about it, but are you going to do like you did the first time? Pay for a bedroom suit and a TV and sit on the living room sofa and holler, good morning, good morning, good morning, and buy the book? Is that how you want your wife to live? Just sit there where that's all you harp and holler and scream and talk about day by day by day. And her and her children doesn't have a life. I don't believe that you know how to even give your wife a decent life. Yeah, my name is James. And you don't know me either, but you've heard of me. But I know a whole lot about you. Your wife have to know. Suck butts, plenty of butts, just to get around the corner to a doctor's office or a store. Are you going to buy her a car? Are you going to provide for your own wife and her children? How are you going to provide for your family if you're a welfare food stamp recipient yourself? And I know, my brother, you're going to say, I don't have to answer that. Y'all don't need to worry about me and my family. What you talking about? Some people you don't answer because lately you haven't had much of an answer for anything. I don't even understand this. Lately you haven't had an answer for anything. Just like you pretend and I said your wife, sorry, Monico, but I know she lied about your sister and husband and kids. Because I heard that it was about you just worrying about some chick named Mabel. That ain't your sister. Y'all all was brought up in the same house together. And how horribly you let this chick disrespect your wife to the point she didn't even want to get online with you no more. All your listeners need to just go through everything that you've ever done and see how happy when you first married and the things you all did together. Then all of a sudden... She was just cut off. Well, I heard she cut herself off because you refused to make your so-called sister Mabel. Yeah, I'm calling names because it's the truth. Disrespect your sister. Sister, disrespect your sister. Disrespect your sister. Instead of putting her straight. So I just want to know, and I know, like I said, you'll never answer these questions. But I just want to know how you can find the balls to sit up and talk to people freely all over the world. Sit up and call yourself rebuking her sister and the other young lady. Sit up and how the nurse to lie to this man and tell him, you know where his brother is, your brother here, all kind of mess, nigga. And you, fi you finally... Got two or three people to even come in and gather and listen at you when you're even preaching. You crazy? 
and you need to repent right now, and you need to ask God to forgive you. That's what you need to do. That's all he got there. That's all he got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just thank Brother James for his uh, taking the time out to write all that. That is a blessing. And he takes the time out to write, and he takes the time out to watch. I barely understand it. Well, that's all right. Yeah, he takes the time <laughs> out to write. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes the time out to watch, and we thank Sister Emma for being a carrier, bringing it, and we are truly grateful. So, well, I'm going to help you all, first of all. And Brother James, I'm going to answer you. I'm going to answer all of y'all right now. And I hope Brother Reginald is around watching right now. And Brother James, I want you to get this to Brother Reginald because I pray to God that you're watching right now. As uh, in Laporte, when Brother Reginald's mother, Dolores, Dolores, when she, Dandridge, when she had the child on December 19th, 1962, she left the child with the young lady. And the young lady that she left the child would put the child in the system. And the child was ended up being adopted. And the child got adopted by a woman. When the woman got the child, the child, you know, had shoes on that was a little too small. And the woman that adopted the child went down to Goldblatt's. You know, Goldblatt's was on Broadway in Gary, Indiana. She went down there and found shoes that was, you know, they had that table when you first come in the Goldblatt's there, had shoes there that you could buy. And, uh, about all the shoes that was able for the child to wear. Now the child's name was Ricky Allen Dandridge. They changed the child's name. They even changed the child's middle name, but they kept the child's middle name, but they changed the way they spelled the child's middle name. Now the child never knew what his name really was until he got old enough, until the state of Indiana opened up the adoption records. And the young man got his adoption records after he got married. And he got his adoption records and him and his wife looked and got his adoption records and they tried to figure out, you know, tried to find. And guess who that young man is? You looking at it. I am Ricky Allen Dandridge. Amen. Yes, I know exactly where he is. You looking at him. My mama changed my name to Derek Allen Hill. Because her name is Cora May Hill. I was adopted by her and William K. Hill. 
I have the adoption paperwork including my original ad uh, adoption paperwork, including the original birth certificate with Ricky Allen Dandridge on it. Me and my wife got all of that. I sure do. Now, if you wanted to know why we look so much alike, it's, that's because we brothers, my brother. So if you anywhere around, my brother, please give me a phone call. Area code 219-702-8494. Now for your next question, Brother James. Do I pay bills in my house? I pay more bills in my house than you pay in my house. Okay? So you don't have to worry about the bills in my house. I pay in my house what I supposed to pay in my house. I don't know where you all get the ideas that bills in my house are not being paid. Maybe I don't have as much as you have, Brother James. And of course, as a man, uh, of course, it, I always want to do better. I'm planning on doing better. Planning on going back to work. I was working when my wife met me. When my wife met me, I was working two jobs. Working like a Hebrew slave. Planning on going back to work when I leave up out of here. Already got a job lined up. So of course, I, you know, listen, I'm doing the best that I can right now. Now, I'm so sorry that I don't meet your criterias. And I'm quite sure I might not never meet your criterias, brother. And I'm glad you have known so much about me that people are telling you so much about me. I have never once checked in to you and probably never will. It doesn't bother me and it has no bearing on me being with my wife about you. Amen, baby. It, it, it doesn't, it has no bearing on that. Me and my wife is going to be together regardless of you. Amen. Regardless of what others tell you about me. Okay? Amen. I'm going to take care of my wife. To the best of my ability, the more, the more I get better, the more I'm going to do. I'm steady writing books. I am steady doing what I got to do to take care of my family. Amen. And next of all, let me tell you about the sermon yesterday. The sermon had nothing to do with what her sister talked about or the young lady. I don't know how you missed the entire sermon. That's right. The sermon was about how the leadership talking about myself and you as a leader in the church, we are, have a responsibility to do what we are called to do because if we don't, God's going to kill us. 
because the blood is required upon our hands of the leaders that we supposed to follow what God tells us to do. But the people are supposed to do what they supposed to do as well. We are not attached to them. They are responsible for themselves as well. That's why they supposed to study to show themselves approved. Need not be a saint, but a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what the sermon was all about. Each one of us are responsible for ourselves. We as a leader has a calling to lead. And God is going to hold us responsible. And they have a calling to do what God told them to do. To pick up that Bible. To study that Bible. Most of them have it in the window of the car. When they take it out the window of the car, they had that little square space in there. Because it has a lot of dust on it. Because they only pick it up on Sunday. But they have to open up the Bible and study it for themselves. Most of them say what they are. But they don't do what they say. They have to study the word of God. This is what the whole sermon was about. It had nothing to do with what a sister then was talking about. It was talking about the leader of the, of the family has to be the one that sets the tone for the house. I never want my wife to be without her family. But I never want the family to think that they're going to come in the house or my family think they're going to come in my house and disrespect my wife. That is not going to happen I don't know who told you Something happened between my wife And my sister When my wife iterated it to me I went and corrected that thing Now It was something that I didn't under, That I didn't, didn't realize And she brought it to my attention but this is what a growing relationship is about. Now I know you are a master at relationships. I already know this. I see this in you. You are a master at relationships. You are a, a guru at all relationships. So I commend my hat to you. But I'm not a guru at relationships. I'm growing. I'm learning. But I'm so glad God gave me a wife that can work with me. She, Amen, she, 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 he gives me a wife that, 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 that helps me, teaches me. He gave me a perfect help me, suitable companion to me. And my wife don't have to lie for me. She's That's not, right. She's not a liar. She, she's not a liar. So for you to think that we have to put on a, 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 a portrait for you that you that important in our lives, you got a whole nother thing coming, brother. You not that important to us. You are not that important. What you think is not that important to me. You just a drop in the ocean. You are not that important. Life goes on. Now, who is important to me is that one you help me, Reginald. That's a brother 
that I have never met in my life. And I'll...